He founded AdMall and SalesFuel back in 1989. First year sales, 100 grand. He's taking his thing to, 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 to the store to buy a fax machine to process some of their early products. Now, fast forward, you know, 2010, they're doing 3 million in revenue. 2016, they did well over 6 million, but not quite 10 million. They're serving over 1,500 customers, uh, again, as they help folks, again, more efficiently do data-driven sales and marketing. Check out their new products coming up, Team Keeper. Totally bootstrapped, Team of 35 in Columbus, Ohio, which I love. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit sold mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing, though. This database, I keep it to myself. It's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. This episode 792, coming up tomorrow morning, I talked to Sandy. I asked him, I said, will this funded event tech ticketing company decide to do an ICO or an initial coin offering? This episode is perfect if you're a startup considering doing an ICO to fund your startup because you're sick of VC. Hello, everybody. My guest today is C. Lee Smith. He's the CEO of SalesFuel, a multi-million dollar sales enablement firm he founded in Columbus, Ohio, the year I was born, 1989. SalesFuel wow. leverages critical insights that enable its clients to acquire, develop, and retain their best employees and customers. The company is launching a brand new product called TeamKeeper that will revolutionize how managers manage and develop their people, which leads to obviously a happier business culture and a reduction in turnover. Lee, are you ready to take us to the top? I'm happy to. Let's go. All right. So what does, I mean, that was a good overview. Uh, what does sales fuel do and what's your revenue model? How do you make money? Well, sales fuel has two different things that we do. Uh, the sales enablement side and helps salespeople on the street uh, to, to sell better, to close more deals, uh, and really to become trusted advisors with their clients by having the background intelligence and really aid them in the discovery process. Uh, I, we find typically that salespeople that falter in the discovery process then also have trouble then uh, with the uh, with the assessment process, uh, with problem solving, and then also it shows up in closing. It's mm -hmm. rare that you have somebody that's that's a good closer that, that that really is not very good in the discovery process. That's really where you get all your leverage in the discovery process. So that's one aspect of it. But overall, sales fuel, uh, we uh, leverage critical insight uh, both on sales prospects and in, um, on employees to help sales teams close more deals to develop their uh, their sales talent and do it overall to increase revenue. And talk money to me. How do you make money? Is it SaaS? Uh, it's a SaaS product. We have two SaaS products, actually. We have one called AdMall, which is used by the media uh, clientele. We have another one that's in development then uh, for uh, all industries, not media-specific. And then, of course, we have TeamKeeper. All of those, all three platforms are SaaS platforms. The last two, those are both pre-revenue, correct? I'm sorry? The, last, the latter two are both pre-revenue? 
Well, TeamKeeper is not. TeamKeeper is up and rolling and, and generating revenue for us, which is great. Uh, the one in the middle, though, not yet. But okay. That's and uh, TeamKeeper, uh, is, oh, sorry, is most of your revenue right now coming from the first tool you mentioned? And repeat the tool name. I, I missed it. Yeah. So for media companies, that's called AdMall. Ad, AdMall, M-A-L-L? Yeah, Ad Mall. It's an interesting story there because when I started the company, the whole idea was to provide a business intelligence based on business type. And so it was all about the trends and the sales triggers and everything like that that went to each individual type of business. Well, now we have over 450 different types of business that we do research on. And the research team is actually the second largest team in the entire company here. How many people? Uh, we're between 30 and 40. It depends on what day. <laughs> so, <laughs> On the research team or your whole team? No, the whole team is actually not 30 to 40. So the research team uh, is between 10 and 15. Okay. So, and the total uh, team is 30 to 40? Yep. Okay. Got it. And then you said in the bio, I'm going to read it again, uh, CEO of SalesFuel, a multi-million dollar sales enablement firm. Attach a number to that for me. I mean, what did 2016 look like in terms of total sales? Uh, let's say it's between six and 10. Okay. Got it. Um, Okay, good. And then are you, I mean, look, one of the interesting things about this, uh, it actually surprised me, 1989. I mean, you might argue you were way before your time. Yeah, I was. I was. I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, we were on the internet uh, in 1995. And a lot of companies hadn't even really sniffed the internet yet. I remember uh, when we were first having to uh, demonstrate our product, we used to have to send out little Earthlink and AOL CDs to get them on the internet. Stop to it. You will see the product. I know it's crazy. So there's little things you hang on Christmas trees, you know, and things like that. And that's like, that's what we had to do. That and is amazing. That, we were doing fax on demand and we were doing bulletin board services and things like that. So it's, it's progressed over time. And then in 1997, we built our first web application and a lot of people weren't doing web apps at that time. And so yeah, it's like being a little bit ahead of the curve is really what we do here. And that's really what's really cool about uh, keeping the company small because we are agile or nimble and we can do a lot of things in a very short period of time. We, the time it takes a larger company basically to have it, to organize a meeting or two about what they want to do with it. We've already got the, the, the solution developed and what is the average kind of ad mall customer pay you per month just so we can get a sense of size uh well that's tough to say because we, you know, we have corporate customers that, that, that pay one thing and a lot of our clients these days are, are, are corporate but if you had like an individual uh media company and by that i mean like a, an individual tv station or a radio station or someone like that you know it would be between say 500 and a thousand a month okay but those aren't your core co let's i want to talk about your business you said the majority of them are corporate so what i mean what are they paying on average per month uh, again, that's got a boy that here's the thing. Our pricing model is a subscription based and it's based on the size of the sales team. And what we don't do is we don't do a per seat license because then we don't want people cherry pick and say, okay, I want this salesperson, but not that salesperson. Da, da, da. We want everybody to use it as much as they can. So we base it on the entire size of the sales team. So that's the sliding scale that we use for, for pricing out the SaaS. Do you generally price the same per seat, but what changes the deal size is how many like team members or employees? are at a certain company? Uh, no, actually, we don't actually think about it in terms of a per seat. Uh, we just kind of look at it. Here's the size of the sales team. And if it's this size, that's we don't care if they're managers, they're sales assistants. They're, they're, uh, yeah, but they're how do you do it? Like, let's say I have 20 people on my team. Usually, you just multiply that by whatever you want to charge per seat to get your full number. How do you do it if you don't base it off per seat? Yeah, we, we have a, uh, a scale of, okay, if your sales team is between this size and this size, you get that price. Well, what is, size, what's the actual number there? Like, between what size and what size? 
it, that there's another thing. It also will vary based on the media type because for each media type, we have different tools. So if you're a digital agency, for example, and you're out there selling uh, digital services to help with websites and search engine marketing and search engine optimization and all that sort of thing, there's a different price here because we have more tools available for those types of people than we do for someone who's, say, just selling radio. I see. So, so it, it's kind of... It, it's let, me ask, yeah, let me ask a different question and then hopefully we'll remove some complexity. How many current customers total are paying you something per month? 1500. Okay, that's that's helpful. So if you have 1500 customers paying you something on average per month, and you mentioned that you do at a minimum 6 million per year or last year, that's like 500,000 bucks in monthly recurring revenue divided by 1500 customers, the average customers paying you about 333 bucks per month at a minimum, assuming 6 million is the number. That's pretty quick math there. <laughs> is that, that's generally accurate. Sounds, uh, a little low, but it's close. Okay. Yeah. How, I mean, how, I want to make sure you get all the credit you deserve. I mean, are, should should it be like double that or is it closer to 8 million? It's over. Yeah. So it's, it's over 500. So it is over 500. Okay. Yeah. So, but that's, that's, that's damn good math. I got to give you credit for that. All right, Lee, take me forward on some of the other economics. What is the weirdest? I love this question. Cause it's always, the answers are always fun. What's the weirdest thing you've done to acquire customers. Don't tell me inbound marketing or paid spend. What's the weirdest thing you've done? The weirdest thing I've done. Uh, you know, one of the things I like to do is the fact that we're in Columbus, Ohio, and we are uh, we're Midwestern, we're, we're a foodie town. A lot of people don't know that about Columbus. They really don't know about Columbus at all because we really don't have much of an identity here. But it's like, you know, we are like the 15th largest city in, in the country and nobody knows that. But we, we are a foodie town. So we have, uh, I had one client or whatever that uh, was in Utah. And I'll let you draw your own conclusions on that, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, we couldn't really send them any alcoholic beverages or anything like that. And, uh, so we have a wide variety of ice cream uh, producers here at Ohio, and uh, Jenny's is, is our local favorite here. The, the artisan uh, ice cream maker, they have all kinds of weird flavors. And uh, so, yeah, I actually sent a bunch of ice cream packed in dry ice just to get a return phone call or like that. So I got the return call, phone call, which was a thank you, that which led into a into a sales discussion. And that's probably the weirdest thing I've done lately to, to, to get a sale. What but, flavor did you send? Oh my goodness! Uh, there's one called Brambleberry Crisp. There was like a, someone called uh, Yazoo Sue with beer nuts. Uh, there was just uh, there was uh, all kinds of uh, they, they have a uh, lavender wildberry flavor that actually tastes like Fruit Loops. So it's uh, yeah, they're amazing. So if you get an opportunity to check them, but we also have Graders in Cincinnati. We've got all kinds of I mean, big ice cream producers here that are really popular. And so, so there you... was a situation where it's like okay, and that's really what a lot of about team based on it is that you have to know your audience if you're a manager you have to know your employee and how the best you know have touch points and make impact with that person and likewise on the uh, on the business intelligence side of our company you have to know the customer and in this case it's like we were able then to do discovery uh, we were able then to ask the right questions did you close that deal yes, it yes closed. Did. what was the size of the deal I'm curious was it worth it uh, yes like was it was it, was it more than a twenty thousand dollar annual ASP? It was about that much. That, yeah. Okay, but it's worth it. That's so yeah, funny. It Have you done uh, it again? Have you used the ice cream strategy again? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like because you know the other thing is like I mean you can always send alcohol too. So it's like for most people. So that's good. alcohol like, works. 
We got Cheryl's cookies in town. We got all kinds of things like that that, that we do. So we normally try any other people. It's like, yeah, you know, if you like, if you have a sweet tooth or whatever, uh, we have this delicacy here in Ohio called uh, Buckeyes. Uh, and really what they are, they're peanut butter balls that are enrobed in chocolate, except for the top part. So they look like little Buckeye nuts. And of course, we're in Columbus, Ohio, and that's the football team here. Or actually, it's Ohio State University, so it's all sports. And that's kind of one of the things that we're known for. So it's like, we've done that before too. That's cool. Uh, now, yeah, have you, Lee, have you booted bootstrap this whole thing or have you raised capital we were bootstrapping before bootstrapping was cool <laughs> so, I mean, that, 1989 he was bootstrapping i remember taking uh, my tax return check uh, to go to sam's club to buy a fax machine to launch our fax on demand product That's i say so our, basically what i mean was me and my girlfriend who became my wife uh, so it was like that was that was the way but that's that's how i did it so you're still bootstrapped Still bootstrapped, 100%. What, what was your, what was your that year when you took out the fax? I mean, what was your first year revenue? Do you remember? Oh my God, uh, I want to say maybe a hundred thousand. That's <laughs> okay, so, so funny. And then try and give me some historical numbers here because I want to get a sense of your growth. What was it in two thousand? Do you remember? Uh, 2000, I would going to say that's probably about maybe a million. Okay. So that was a, that was a big moment passing the million yeah, dollar mark. This, I'll tell you what, I, I, I can put some clarity to it for that. It's like, you know, it is really, really true though. The first, the hardest million to make is your first million because after that, once you made your first million, the second million was a little easier and the third million was a little easier and the fourth million is a little easier. So, uh, you know, because you have resources to draw upon, if you manage them correctly and you apply them correctly, uh, you can really build momentum. And I don't know the other thing you do too is that you have clients out there that are using your product and they move back and forth and they're more receptive to new products and uh, they're more willing to take a look at a new product and so you can increase your revenue per client but also the fact it's like you have people out there now that are talking yep. and that so it, it really is true what they say the hardest million to make is the first one and keep 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 going forward here so 2000 you hit that million dollar mark 2010 2010 would be two and a half million, maybe wow. closer to three, actually three. Let's go. Th it was closer to three. Closer to three. Okay. And then we obviously know last year you said somewhere above six million. So, uh, Between six and 10. Yeah, yeah. So it's not six, but it's not 10. That's great. <laughs> That's great. You were you like the epitome of the slow hustle, right? That is, is wonderful. Okay. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I didn't build the company to sell it. I built the company to actually make a great company. And we're really proud of the culture that we have here. I mean, we really eat our own dog food when it comes to all the things that we put into the team keeper system about you know better hires make you know lead to better managers which leads to a better culture which then lead to better hires and, and so forth and we really practice what we preach here because like you know i'm in it for the long haul and it's like i you know i, I didn't build the company to sell it i built it to build a great company that does great things yeah that's great talk to me about churn what's your logo churn monthly or annually Oh, this will this will uh, be interesting to you. Uh, our retention rate year over year is ninety eight, is above ninety eight percent. Logo or revenue retention? That's that is client retention. So revenue retention. Uh, boy, it's let me see. I, I, I wish I were as quick at the math in my head as you were. <laughs> that was because that was really well, good. Well, look, ninety eight percent annual retention from just logos, and you have fifteen hundred customers. That's really really high. I mean, are you it sure is. that's you're sure that's not your that's I'm not your revenue? Positive. That's what okay. it is. Yes. Okay. So what's your rev your revenue retention might actually be negative if you're driving expansion ARPU, right? It, it isn't negative. Do you know? 
No, no. Okay. Uh, I mean, actually, what we have is we have revenue growth, obviously, year over year. We have client growth year over year. So, but the beautiful thing is, is that, yeah, I, and of course, the accountants always tell you, it's like, well, you know, you really ought to consider, you know, uh, peeling off, uh, you know, some of your low paying clients or your lower margin clients and things of that nature. And I don't rule that way. Uh, typically, how we do is like, we have somebody who was a client of ours 15 years ago, and we had several of them. They're still paying the same rate that they were paying 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got I mean, it. it was, so you have you're maybe might be a rare case then where your churn from a logo churn perspective annually is actually probably equal to your revenue churn. Maybe it's 98, 99%. That sounds about right, actually. Yeah. Which is interesting, right? Because you're, you're bootstrapped, which means you don't have VCs at your board meetings going, try and grow revenue more, charge your earlier right. customers, double their price, right? You and don't have try, to do that. Try cutting expenses in this area, that area. Like, I'm like, no, it's like we need to invest in this area and that area so that we can you know, avoid future problems and that sort of thing. So particularly yeah. when we're launching a major new product, uh, a lot of the profit that, we, that we've made, we've really thrown back into our research and development uh, to be able to get the new product off the ground. Speaking about investing, what are you paying to acquire new customers on average? Uh, that's a good question. I have to say that I really have, I really don't really look at a whole lot at that number. What did you uh, spend last month just on paid advertising? Do you know, is that a meaningful number? You know, that's really not a meaningful number because here's what we do. Even though that we sell the companies that, that, that sell advertising, which is interesting, how we get our leads is really through thought leadership and through business development. So it might be through things like white papers and webinars and things of that nature. You know, and those, those are the annoying things where it's like you find something online and it's a really cool thing. Uh, and then it's like, okay, I really want that, but I, I got to give you my name and, and phone number. It's like we have a white paper, for example, and you, you want that. Then it's like, yeah, we're going to call you and we're going to try to sell you something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the price of admission. So, uh, but yeah, we, we spend a lot of money then on, on doing the research and on the blogs and on How the much? and that sort of thing. Uh, probably, let's see, for just those three things, I would say uh, in excess of a quarter of a million dollars a year. Okay, and is that? In, I imagine that's exclusive of any content marketing salaries or inside sales salaries or things like that. Yeah, that's not it. So we're not including SDRs in that. Yep. Uh, How many know, SDRs so do you have of your 35? We have two. Okay. We have two SDRs at the moment. Yeah. And break down the rest of the team for me. So you said uh -huh. two SDRs, 10 are focused on engineering, you said? Well, we have 10. We have, uh, geez, we have... 14, I want to say, people in research. We then have our development. Our, our product team is actually what we call them. So if I included all of them, uh, the product team is closer to 20 in that area. So they're our first largest team, uh, uh, actually. And then when you get into sales and marketing, uh, you're looking at about uh, you're looking, actually, that's not right. It's like it's 18 for product. It's going to be another 10 for, for sales and marketing. And then the rest is operations. Okay. We're just running business. So you have about 10 salaries kind of focused on the webinars, the lead gen, the content, the research for the webinars, blah, 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 et cetera. And then about a quarter of a million. Yeah, if you include the sales, you know, the sales team with that, because it's like yeah, we were pretty lean, I think, in, in the marketing area. Uh, mm -hmm. But but the beauty of it is, you know, here's the thing. Uh, one of the cool things about a small business, and one of the cool things that our employees really like to do is like they're not pigeonholed doing the same thing every single day. And so we have research people who actually might then also be writing things, items for the blog, yeah, or for the mobile apps. And so we have people doing multiple things. Obviously, developers are still developers. That's what they're going to be doing. Uh, and but. 
rest, you know, the SDRs and the salespeople are the salespeople. That's what they're going to be doing. Uh, but you know, the, the neat thing about the product group, though, is like, yeah, they can wear multiple hats just to kind of keep the variety up. Otherwise, it can get a little monotonous. And so, and about yeah, when you average all this out, like all the spend out, about how many customers are like new customers are you adding per year? Would you say is it a couple hundred or a hundred or? Uh, you know, I would say. It's about a hundred. Yeah. It's, okay. It's, it's in that neighborhood. Yeah. Guys, big news. Last month was a huge month for the company I recently acquired, which was www.thetopinbox.com. I liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail, set up reminders like snooze almost to keep your inbox clean, do things like send auto follow-ups and do open tracking so you know when your emails get opened. It's great if you're in sales or CEO or trying to be more productive. So listen, I bought the whole company on the spot and I wanna tell you how I did it. I've showed the deal, by the way, to big, smart people, private equity firms, VCs, and they're dumbfounded. They go, Nathan, how did you do this? We've never seen a deal like this. How did you do this? So I did an unbelievable deal and I wanna show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com click the red button that says install this on Gmail. And when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll reply immediately with the income report. And you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use. www.thetopinbox.com. Very cool. Well, Lee, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, the Sales Bible by Jeffrey Gittimer. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Pooh, lots of them. Uh, you know, uh, everyone's following Elon Musk. I have to be in, in that category of big, uh, I, I'm very curious to see what Tim Cook is doing, obviously, so I, so I follow that. Uh, yeah, so yeah, those would be my two favorite right now. Okay, number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like Acuity Scheduling? Uh, let's see. Well, obviously, I'm a big fan of, of Team Keeper by Sales Fuel, but beyond that, I knew I was going to say that. Uh, you know, I you know I'm I'm loving LinkedIn. It's like anything that LinkedIn is doing or whatever, I'm all over it. So I'm a big fan of Sales Navigator and the recruiting tool that they have, and uh, even the learning platform that they they acquired from Linda. I, I like it all. Number four. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? I'm sorry. Was less. Was a question? How many hours of sleep do you get every night? Boy, that varies. Uh, I got four last night. Jeez. <laughs> That's pretty much four, five, six. Okay. And yeah. what's your situation? Married, single? Do you have kids? I am married. I have two kids. One starting at Bowling Green State University this fall. Oh, very and, cool. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he's going to be a Falcon. And uh, I was a Bobcat. My wife is a Bobcat at Ohio University. So it's like we're keeping it in, in the Mid-American Conference. But <laughs> uh, it's like not wearing the green and white. So, and and no, Lee, but, how old are you? <laughs> I am 51. All right, last question. Take us back 31 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Oh, uh, that relax, man. You're going to make it. You know, so keep yeah, keep working hard and keep doing everything that you're going to do and don't beat don't stress yourself up. Uh, don't stress yourself out and beat yourself up or whatever. You're going to make it. There you guys have it from Lee. Do not worry. You will make it. He founded AdMall and Sales Fuel back in 1989. First year sales, 100 grand. He's taking his thing to, 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 to the store to buy a fax machine to process some of their early <laughs> products. Now, fast forward, you know, 2010, they're doing 3 million in revenue. 2016, they did well over 
6 million, but not quite 10 million. They're serving over 1,500 customers, uh, again, as they help folks, again, more efficiently do data-driven sales and marketing. Check out their new product coming up, Team Keeper. Totally bootstrapped, Team of 35 in Columbus, Ohio, which I love. Lee, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan. If you enjoyed C. Lee Smith today, go back and listen to Bright Funnels CEO Chris Mann yesterday. His company just passed $3 million in annual recurring revenues and landed their first 70 customers.